Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It's your Cape Crusader Cody, and we're keeping it geekly with our new guest, Jeff Douglas Messner. We're here to break down sex, spies, and rock and roll. And it's time to get rocking. You know, we are celebrating volume three um, and everything in between. Jeff, how are you doing? Welcome to the stream. I am so great, Cody. Thank you for inviting me. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Staying warm in this snowstorm over here in Ohio. Uh, it's it's a blizzard out there, and uh, we are cranking up the heat with an awesome campaign. But before we dive into this, Jeff, real quick, give us a nice little introduction to who you are and how you got into creating comics. Uh, I am a lifelong uh, comic book science fiction nerd, a lifelong fan of all of that <laughs> stuff. Uh, you know, started reading comics when I was just a, a kid back in the Bronze Age. Of, of comics, not the Bronze Age of the world. Mm -hmm. um, although my kids <laughs> might, might, uh, might argue with you on that. But um, yeah, I always uh, as a, always wanted to be a writer. I always wanted to be a storyteller and a creator. And, and I, for a brief time in my teens, uh, wanted to be a spy novelist, writing these uh, caper spy stories in the 1980s, which I thought would make a great comic book. And I made one kind of pale stab at, at reaching out to a, an unknown artist at the time who was an up and comer, uh, gave him the first chapter of my spy novel and said, Hey man, you know, it's like, uh, if you know anything going on, maybe, you know, you could look at this script and all this stuff. And uh, a year later I saw him at the next uh, convention and um, he had just gotten hired to take over the justice league comic after Kevin McGuire, the dude's name was Adam Hughes and, uh, and, uh, wow. completely forgotten. I, and he was an unknown. I hung out with him a couple of summers at conventions when nobody knew who he was. Um, and I was like, dude, this guy is really awesome, really talented. And I thought I'm going to get him to draw. I'm going to, mm -hmm. he's going to see the brilliance of what I want to do. And he's going to draw it. And, uh, I just waited too long because he became super famous. And, um, I got to send him an email about a year and a half ago reminding him of, of that encounter and telling him, hey, I'm now publishing those comics that I was trying mm -hmm. to foist on you back in 1989. <laughs> it's like, hey, you better remember all those times I hung out with you. <laughs> I expect I expect a variant cover at some point. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I was just a fan forever and ever. I decided to give up on writing uh, the great American spy novels and uh, went into playwriting because it was easier and you didn't have to, you don't have to describe things when you're writing for a play. Mm -hmm. uh, you just write dialogue. And I spent a lot of time doing that. And uh, ultimately, long story short, about 10 years ago, I became friends with one of my childhood heroes, artist, writer, creator, Mike Grell, and eventually convinced him to get some of his work back out in the world of, of crowdfunding you know, because he has a tremendous fan base. And I knew nothing about crowdfunding. I knew nothing about any of this. Uh, I just knew that, hey, this is an avenue that now exists. And mm -hmm. I helped him with a campaign. It was very successful. I kind of learned on the job, the tricks of it. And I thought, you know, maybe one or two of my projects I could turn into comic books and, and, and do this because if you can get just enough people to give you money, to pay for the, the cost of art <laughs> and the publishing, you, you can you can do this, not make any money necessarily, not get rich, but you could mm -hmm. fulfill your your creative dreams. And, and to me, that was very important. I thought, wow, you know, being able to, to have this tangible thing that I've produced, uh, how cool would that be? And um, along the way, being friends with Mike, I got asked to write a book uh, about him uh, for Tomorrow's Publishing. And uh, in 2019, the book got nominated for an Eisner Award, completely out of left wow. field. Um, you know, here I was, you know, a neophyte 
not really in the comic book industry, getting nominated mm -hmm. for an Eisner Award. So let me and ask you real through, quick, was yeah, that yeah. intimidating for you? Because you said he was like, you know, you looked up to him, all that. Like that had to have been just a lot of weight to, to hold. <laughs> it was, you know, it was, but he is such a just genuinely nice guy. Mm -hmm. uh, when I when I first met him, in fact, I had written him an email back in 2003 uh, saying, hey, I'm a playwright and I think I could turn your John Sable uh freelance comic book story into a stage play and and he responded uh it was like that sounds like a really cool idea you know hey if they can land a helicopter and miss saigon they can probably do anything um <laughs> and i was so intimidated that i never replied i never got back to him i just kind of blew it off and seven or eight years later i ran into him at a convention chatted him up uh, a friend of mine locally uh, where i live in Asheville, north carolina was doing a convention in 2015 and uh, was asking my suggestion uh, of guests. And I said, mm -hmm. hey, I've got Mike Grell's email address, if it still works. And uh, I emailed Mike and said, hey, this guy wants you to come and do a con. He did. Mike invited me to uh, come and hang out with him at another con uh, where he needed some help. Uh, his wife, who usually works with him, couldn't come. And, uh, and he said, hey, I'm going to be like an hour from where you live next month. Do you want to come and, and hang out and work my table? And I was like, yeah, sure. And it was uh, the most dead con you've ever seen. I'm talking, <laughs> talking dead con. I'm talking there was nothing to do, no one there. Um, and we sat around the whole weekend with with him and Mark Texiera and Steve Scott and just hung out and, and partied the whole weekend. And as a result, we became friends. And you know, I was going to say, that sounds later, like an even better experience, right? It's like it's almost better that it was dead so you can get that like yeah. that time. It was, it was great. We just, just hung out, you know, and, and really found out that we liked each other. And, and uh, I went from being a stalkery fan to, you know, being a, a pal. You stopped long enough until you got in cool, man. It worked. It paid off. That's right. Stalking <laughs> pays off if you're just persistent long enough. Not legal advice. Though. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I was very polite about it. But And now uh, when, when his wife can't travel with him, he calls on me and I, I was in Ohio and Cleveland and Columbus this past year at cons with Mike, mm -hmm. you know, doing doing cons and doing shows with him. Uh, he now has me do panels with him. Uh, we have a great time. We have a really good relationship, good rapport. And, you know, we're publishing his stuff. We're bringing a lot of his stuff back and, and publishing it now. And and between his projects, I do one of mine. Mm -hmm. So that's my that's kind of my approach is I'll do one for him and we'll get like a huge reaction to it. And then I'll do one of mine. And I ride the coattails of, of yeah. his followers. <laughs> going, hey guys, while you're waiting on Mike's next project, I'm doing this, and you know, and I pick up a few, and, and people now know me uh, as being kind of Mike's uh, collaborative partner in some of these projects, and uh, and I'm lucky enough that they like me and, and support what I do too. So, uh, but anyway, that that Eisner thing in 2019, we didn't win the award. Um, but I thought, man, if ever there was a sign to me that maybe I should try comics again, I think I'm getting it. I think I'm being given these signs. And um, I started taking it very seriously. And, and you know, here we are a couple, three years later uh, and a pandemic later, and it's, <laughs> I ended up working out. I, I don't know what to say, it's weird. So, I mean, spies, we have sex. I could see those two <laughs> fitting together perfectly, but rock and roll, I mean, spies, you gotta be stealthy, right? Like how do you mesh rock and roll into this scenario? It, it, it's kind of, Funny. Uh, I wrote most of these stories when I was in high school. So it was during the 1980s, which, you know, you think of the 80s and you think of a certain uh, aesthetic as far as uh, music and fashion mm -hmm. and, and, you know, things uh, go. 
And uh, when I when I picked it up and decided to give it a try again, uh, there was that decision of do I try to update it to modern times or do I keep it in its period? And I thought it's more fun in the 80s when spying was was harder than it is now. You know, now all spy movies are like, you know, satellite infrared images where somebody's talking mm -hmm. to the earpiece of the spy going, all right, there's someone around the corner. You know, no, it's like I wanted it to be harder. You know, it was tougher to be a spy, you know, back then. There was more kind of, you know, subterfuge and, and espionage going on. And uh, as it turned out, one of the characters that I created originally, uh, there are three, three brothers. One of them's a spy. The other two get a little too nosy and find out too much and they get endangered <laughs> and this caper kind of ensues. And one of the brothers is kind of a, um, a bit of a, a playboy race car driver wannabe, uh, washed out rock star who had an album deal and almost had a hit song, but didn't quite. So, so he's like this reckless, you know, whatever, uh, kind of, kind of playboy character. And he's the one that gets in the trouble in the story that has to sort of be resolved. Uh, but, uh, when I went to, to resurrect the idea, I thought, no, I'll keep it in the eighties cause it's more fun in the eighties. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, now it's retro. Now, you know, everybody's like, oh, the 80s are so cool, you know, the retro style and the fashion. And I thought artists will have more fun drawing, you know, things that look like 80s hair and 80s clothes and all of that stuff. And uh, the idea of um, originally it wasn't called going to be called Sex, Spies and Rock and Roll. Originally, it was just this one story that I was going to tell. Uh, but my my son, who was uh, graduating high school in the pandemic, uh, mm -hmm. uh, revealed to me that he had been writing a screenplay. And I was oh, like, oh, wow. Um, I was like, where did this come from? Because, you know, we were having those conversations of what are you going to do mm -hmm. after high school? You know, what's your plan? And we're in a pandemic. So who knows what the world is going to be? And he's like, well, you know, I want to get into like film and television. And then to me, that was a surprise. I was like, where did that come from? And I was like, how dad oh. moment though, right? Uh, totally, totally. It's like all the things that, that I was into as he was a kid growing up uh rubbed off on him and i'm like oh it's all my fault i took him to like too many theater rehearsals right he hung around oh, no. know, <laughs> and musicians and oh my god now he's gonna wants to be one and um he said he was writing a screenplay and i was like prove it you know show me I, i've got to see it and, and of course you know with his dad being a writer i'm sure it was intimidating mm -hmm. uh, to, to want to share uh, because he'd seen plays that i'd written being produced successfully and 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 you know all that stuff but um i started reading his screenplay and immediately i was like oh my god this is this is almost the same style of stuff i was writing when i was in high school and it made me think oh there's this sort of uh, weird kind of circular thing happening if i'm doing my thing maybe i should do his too so i, I secretly had an artist do the first scene of, of his screenplay as uh, 12 pages of a comic book and gave it to him for Christmas that year and said, hey, I'm going to publish this as a backup story in, in mine. So I'm going to do mine and this will be the backup story. And when I launched the uh, the crowdfunding campaign for that, it became really popular for some reason. I think the, the 80s, the sex, the spy, the rock and roll mm -hmm. thing. Um, and I called it that because it was no longer just one book. It was like, oh, this is it's a bigger thing. It's no longer just one thing. It's going to be more than one story. So what's a good title for an eighties spy caper, you know, fun adventure sort of thing. And I was like, uh, sex spies and rock and roll. Like, Oh my God. I love that so much. Like I'm a dad myself. I have three kids. So the, like uh, the, too, the yeah. fact, the fact that 
not only did he follow in your shoes, was awesome, but then you're like, I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna put some art behind it, and now I'm gonna gift it to you for Christmas. I could only imagine his reaction. He probably lost it. It was pretty cool. It was one of those sort of defining moments. Uh, and then, you know, it was his senior year of high school, so it was, you're getting to that last Christmas. I don't know how old mm -hmm. your kids are. But when Ten, you get ten's to that the oldest. There you go. So you've got about eight more years before it's like, uh oh, this is the last time it's going to be like this. And I mm -hmm. wanted his last gift on that Christmas to be something really special. And then to turn around and six months later, publish it, you know, to put it in a book and publish it. And um, the idea of it becoming an anthology grew out of how popular it became uh, the first uh, crowdfunding campaign. Uh, people kept bidding and kept pledging, uh, I should say. And I had to add stretch goals. And so I was like, uh, what am I going to do for stretch goals? Okay, I'll, I'll do a, another, I'll do a six page backup mm -hmm. if I reach another thousand dollars or whatever. And like two days later, boom, it's it's reached. I'm like, oh my God, I got to do six new pages of, of story and art. Not a bad problem though, right? <laughs> um, no, it was not a bad problem, but it went from, originally it would have been about a 48 page book and the final published version of it is uh, 116 pages. It's a couple thousand. Oh my God. <laughs> it just would not stop. And so I thought, oh, I have this whole universe of characters now and, and kind of offshoots that all revolve around the same core universe of this spy agency. And I can tell all these different stories. And it opened the door in such a way that I, it's, I've been in the most creative phase of my life over the past few years because of the energy that got fed into it mm -hmm. by the response of people on, on Kickstarter. I had categories where uh, you could pledge a large amount of money and you would be drawn as a character in one of the, the backup stories. You, your, your visage would be used as one of the That's characters. That's so cool. And I had over a dozen people on the first campaign going, you know, I want to do that. I want to do that. Uh, <laughs> I had a, a friend of mine from high school back in the day who had read these horrible stories I was writing in, in my teenage years, um, who was like, I want to be, you know, a, a Russian bad guy. And, and I thought about it for a couple of days and I came up with a character for him. And in volume two, he wrote uh, a, a, one of the features in volume two and got an artist friend of his to illustrate it about his character. That's so cool. <laughs> And it was so like, cool. this is insane. Uh, but it just has kind of kept growing and growing like that. And so it's it's turned into this weird, massive universe of, of, of characters spread across 30 or 40 years worth of timeline. Because now, instead of just being the 80s, the 1985 is the core. It can bounce backwards and tell stories before that mm -hmm. as to how they got there. But also, my son's story is more contemporary so I had to figure out a creative way to tie it to the rest of the universe. Like, how do we get from here to to his story there and make it so that eventually when somebody reads all of this stuff that has been put together as graphic novels and comics, when they read it all, they go, oh, it's all one universe. It all tells one giant story that spans 40 years. And I thought that just was this gift that dropped into my lap from the cosmos mm -hmm. because that's one of the coolest things that I've, that I've ever thought of doing. And yeah. suddenly it's been, it's been enabled uh, because of, of social media, because of crowdfunding. I, it's, it's nuts. You can tell I'm as, as shocked. I have imposter syndrome <laughs> all the time too. And, and hanging out with Mike Grell, I do it too, because people are treating me with respect and I'm going, <laughs> dude, I'm just, I'm just the guy <laughs> you know, who's following him around. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's just a weird place to be, but um, 
I'm, I'm just, I'm happy that it's, that's what I'm doing right now. It sounds like it's the right place to be. It sounds like all the forces in the world lined up for this to happen. It's such a cool experience that not only, you know, were you able to meet some of your heroes and get them involved, but your own child as well. You know, so I think right now would be a, it couldn't have happened when I wanted it to happen back when I, mm -hmm. I met Adam Hughes uh, in the early uh, late eighties, early nineties. If, if it had happened then it wouldn't have worked. Mm -hmm. And so as frustrating as it was to not achieve that when I was 19 years old, now was the time, you know, not to be too, you know, spiritual or cosmic. No, or no. I mean, you know, it, it, it couldn't have happened any time until now. And now that it has happened, it's like the floodgates are open. It almost feels like, you know, that connection with your son, like kind of help ignite, like reignited, like the whole fire, you know, so it, that that's like the key right there. That I, I think it's so awesome. You know, he doesn't he doesn't realize it uh, and he'll see this interview and maybe he'll be like, yeah, I knew all along because uh, you know, <laughs> he's that age. But um, but yeah, it was it was him. I had the idea that I wanted to brush off this old spy story and I had an artist who I sent it to and he was doing some designs for me. And it was working. It was, I was like, oh, this could really work. This could be something really, really cool. And it wasn't until my son came up with his uh, screenplay and his story, and I had the idea of using that in the comic that turned this into this massive thing. He, he, you know, he just has mm -hmm. no, I guess he has no idea. I don't know. But, but um, I, I owe him all the credit because his youthful, his, his reminding me of how I was at his age as a writer and the kind of stories that I was telling at his age as a writer brought me back full circle to the place where I, like I said, the floodgates open. I was just able to suddenly explore all of these possibilities and, and it's been successful uh, as a result. And I don't know why, and, and I don't know that I want to explore too deeply, you know, why or why not? It just is. And I'm just mm -hmm. grateful that it's working. I think right now would be a perfect segue. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of that success because right now your campaign on Zoop is just yeah. absolutely killing it. Um, and we're going to put this link in the chat. Guys, if you are watching, be sure to check this out with us. If you're able to back, it is new comic book day. Be sure to pick up this awesome volume three. If not, simply putting this on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, word of mouth is 100% free and I'm sure you're going to have a friend or family member who is going to love this. So we are looking at Sex Spies and Rock and Roll volume three. Volume three of the hit spy... And that's a cover. The cover of the new book is by uh, artist Steve Scott. Check him out. If you don't know who he is, you'll look him up and you'll see that you do know his work. <laughs> uh, Steve Scott is a friend of Mike Grell's, now a friend of mine. And I, I I emailed him and said, I have an idea for a cover. Because he, he emailed me and he said, hey, I've got some free mm -hmm. time if you, if you need me to do a cover or do anything for Mike. And I said, well, I've got an idea for a cover for Sex, Spies, and Rock and Roll. And I sent him the uh, the Jim Steranko, uh, Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cover that looks a little bit like this from the 60s. And I said, do this, but do this with, with my female lead and uh, make it 80s. And this is what he came up with. So we're currently $5,372 of a $10,000 goal, 108 supporters with 29 days left to go. I know you said you launched this yesterday, so like a day, day and a half. Fantastic a half. numbers, Jeff. Holy crap. I'm I'm over the moon. I can't I can't believe it. I was I was you know, getting involved with the Zoop guys. I thought, hey, I'll give it a try and see how mm -hmm. it goes. Uh, I had done this with Kickstarter and been successful, but what they're offering as as a, a support team just really impresses me. And so I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with them and try. And I'm so glad I did because this is out of the gate. This is the most successful of any of my campaigns 
thus far uh, as far as how quickly it's gotten to that level. So uh, real quick, um, let's take a look at some of these rewards. We have uh, the digital copy of this for $12, outstanding price um, for 72 pages of content. Now, next up for $28, you can get one through three digital bundle. Uh, how many pages would you say that is between the three? Uh, the first one is 116. The second wow. one is 64. And the new one is 72. So the first one is kind of a double-sized uh, thing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to keep the, the volumes going forward uh, around the 64 to 80 page zone. Uh, so that's still yeah, a lot of bang for your buck. 200 pages or more. If I'm, my math skills are, are not that great, but I'm guessing that's over 200 pages, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I would, I would say pretty close. And then, uh, for 45, you have sex spies and rock and roll volumes one through three, plus the all spinoff series issues, all digital bundle for 45 bucks. So another big bang for your buck there. Um, we have the physical copy of volume three at $25. And once again, that's 72 pages. So, uh, man, that is such awesome content right there for, uh, the volume three, all three physical bundle for 70. So a awesome price right there too. Zoop is really, really nailing it with these tiers. They, they've created some really, really great stuff. And when we were talking about it, I always undervalue myself. And they were, they were just like, no, this is how much this would be. This is how much this would be in retail. And I was like, you know, 12 bucks or something. And they're like, no, look, you know, you, you need to believe in yourself. And, yeah. And, 72 uh, pages is a lot. It is. And you know, uh, I, I pay all of the artists, colorists, letterers, everybody that works on the project, uh, you know, gets paid. Um, uh, oh, except my son. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets no, no, no. He, he he gets to live. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he gets the bragging rights at college. But, oh, hey, I'm a published comic book writer. Uh, but no, for for the most part, uh, the artists on this uh, are all you know being treated as professional uh, mm -hmm. as part of the team. Uh, there is one story in volume two that my my high school friend wrote and a friend of his drew that uh, that they that they did. You know, and I graciously allowed them to include it in the book. But eventually, you know, they'll reap the the benefits of it too some awesome add-ons and uh uh commissions as well guys be sure to right here is that link be sure to check this out uh and be sure to nab these up too it looks like some of them are already uh getting bought out uh so we have the digital commission right here and then get drawn into the comic unavailable so you guys want to get it while it's still piping hot uh yeah, several artists who work on the book are doing original uh sketches one of them is sold out but there are several others in there as well uh but they are they are going fast there's some popular ones in there so man, what an awesome campaign. I know you were on Indiegogo in Kickstarter previously. Yes. And so good experiences with Zoop, right? Uh, you said this has been your most successful campaign thus far? We, we uh, the first campaign, every campaign that I've done in the first 24 hours, uh, nothing has touched how successful this one is. Wow. Uh, and and I was blown away by how successful those were when I, when I was doing them. So this is... Uh, Almost double, almost double what it was before. And I think that's because Zoop, what they bring is a very, uh, you know, classy sort of, mm -hmm. and, I, and I kind of, uh, as I'm telling people, it's like, oh, you're going to do another Kickstarter. And I said, no, I'm going to go with Zoop. And they're like, well, tell me what the difference is. And I'm like, it's more of a boutique kind of company. You know, the Kickstarter got, and I love Kickstarter. There are thousands of creators with comics on right now on Kickstarter. You can go support and you should, but on, on Zoop yesterday, mine was one of three campaigns that are currently live. Uh, they're mm -hmm. more selective. They're more uh, discerning with, with what they do and, and who they invite. And I, I could not have been more honored 
that Jordan reached out to me last year and started a, a dialogue and, and then uh, came and, and met me at Heroes Con in Charlotte this past summer, talked more about it uh, to me and to Mike Grell. And, and when, it, when Jordan left, Mike and I were talking and you're we just kind of going over what Jordan had told us. And you know, Mike is uh, was a little a little more skeptical. He's like, eh, it took him it took two years to get him to do a Kickstarter to begin with. You know, he's mm -hmm. he's not on social media because he doesn't trust it. You know, there's he's an older <laughs> guy. He's, he's kind of comes from that. And I said, well, hey, look, my next campaign I'll do with Zoop, and uh, and we'll see how it goes. You know, we'll we'll give him a test and see how it goes. And uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him tomorrow. Call him tomorrow and talk to him because we're working on a big project of his. And I'm gonna be like. I can't see a downside. I, honestly, so far, so, so far, this is just off the charts good. Uh, and so I, I would expect maybe a Mike Grell project on Zoop before the Ooh, year is over. Let's you go. Know? Let's go. Jeff, thank you so much for swinging by, breaking down this yeah, awesome yeah. book uh, and everything in between. Before we let you go, I always love asking yes. for a little bit of advice. So for anyone who might awesome. be new uh, to creating um, and, and listening in, what would you, uh, what type of advice would you give them just for starting out? You know, if you could help them maybe just get motivated with what they're doing. You know, I, uh, had this question at a panel in uh, Columbus at GalaxyCon about a month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And there were some people there who were generally, you could tell interested in, in exploring this. And my biggest piece of advice is just do it. And by saying, just do it. You don't have to have the lofty goal of, of matching the monthly sales of Batman or X-Men or whatever. If you have a story that you want to tell, you can find an artist. I found all of my artists uh, through social media groups, uh, and they're from all over the world. And there are places where you can go and, and gather with other like-minded people mm -hmm. and find collaborators. It is not that hard. Find someone that is willing to work with you, that you, that you feel can draw your book or do your book the way you want to, or vice versa if you're an artist. And just start that conversation. You you can put it on Kickstarter or, or any of those platforms and get enough money to publish enough issues to give your family for as Christmas presents at the very least. Mm -hmm. Or if you accidentally become successful like, like Sex, Spies, and Rock and Roll did, <laughs> you can print you know, a 600-copy print run and be up to your eyeballs mailing them out mm -hmm. <laughs> to backers for the next three months of your life. But the thing is, the satisfaction creatively that you get just by doing it, I think will, will make you more confident in yourself as a creator. Uh, there is a real sense of accomplishment. There's a real sense of, I did a thing. Mm -hmm. And there are other people, and it doesn't matter if they're 20 or, or, or 2,000 of them. And there are other people who saw it and went, hey, that was really awesome. Way to go. When are you doing your next one? Sometimes that's all people need is just that little nudge. Uh, you never know until you try. And so that that is my piece of advice. Just do it. Just just do it. It's not that hard. 20 years ago, this was impossible. It's not that hard now. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you. That motivated me. I want to get... <laughs> After this, back into my uh, understanding comic books, start reading some more pages out of it, uh, and get and get to writing. Thank you so much, Jeff, for not only the awesome you know breakdown of everything, but the great piece of advice as well. Everyone watching, here is the link. Be sure to back this. You have what 29, 28 days left to go, and yeah, you want to like make sure you, you want to make sure you grab some of those specials before they're they're bought up and unavailable. So with that being said, guys, be sure to check it out. It is a lovely Wednesday. I hope you all have an awesome night. Most importantly, though, keep it geekly.